Amen. <laughs> Amen. So our Sunday school lesson is God saved the queen. Amen. We thank and praise God for the teachers this morning. Amen. Coming out of Esther, the fourth chapter, focus verses 14. And who knoweth whether thou art come for the kingdom for such a time as this? So the text is coming from the fourth chapter, verses 4 through 16. Excuse me, in the truth about God. Then works out his will, verse circumstances. And the truth for my life is I will face my circumstances with courageous faith. Amen. So um, let's go to Esther 1 starting out. Actually, the Sunday school lesson is dealing basically with the first seven chapters of Esther. It's not just dealing with chapter 4. The writer of these Sunday school books sometimes will gather up several chapters in one lesson. Amen. Um, Esther, the first chapter, and you all can read along. I'll be kind of skipping around. Now, it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus. This is Ahasuerus, which reigned from India even unto Ethiopia, over 107 and 20 provinces. That in those days when the king Ahasuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the palace, in the third year of his reign, he made a feast unto all his princes and servants, the power of Persia and Media, the nobles, princes of the provinces being before him, which he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the honor of his excellent majesty many days, even a hundred and four score days, 180 days. He had to show off. And when these days were expired, the king made a feast unto all the people that were present in Shushan, the palace both unto great and small, seven days in the court of the garden of the king's palace. Then the next scriptures describe how it was all decked out in royal colors. And, you know, they drank out of golden goblets. You know, it was very extravagant and it was a over-the-top party. And there was plenty of wine to go around. It was wine from the top all the way down to the bottom. Oh, the king was very generous with the wine. Because he loved him some wine. Okay. So we drop down to verse 9. Also Vashti the queen made a feast for the women in the royal house, which belonged to King Ahasuerus. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was married with wine, he commanded Mahum, Bista, Harbana, Bigta, Agabatha, Zathar, and Carcass, the seven chamberlains that served in the presence of Ahasuerus, the king. Well, that seven just keeps on popping up. So even though God's name is not mentioned in the scripture, God is moving. Amen. If you notice, you never see God mentioned.
mentioned in these scriptures. But his divine number just keeps on coming up. Hallelujah. Mm, my God. But the queen, ah, I'm loving it here. Uh, to bring Vashti the queen before the king with the crown royal to show the people and the princes her beauty for she was fair to look on, meaning she was very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, we have to understand here that the background of the text is that these women, their culture, they covered up basically from head to toe. They had a robe and they had on veils. Amen. And so the beauty of the woman, the woman's body was strictly preserved for her husband. Uh-huh. That was their law. That was their culture. And you can even see it today in those women that walk around with their veils, their heads covered, and covering their whole body. You, you still see them around today. Uh-huh. So we have to understand the background there. And then on top of that, Vashti was the queen. She was not the concubines in the harem. She had royal position. Oh, my God. And so the king gets drunk, and everybody around him, all the men in the quarters with him, get drunk. And I'm sure they was edging on the king while he was showing off everything because you want to be a show-off and show everything. Well, why don't you show us your good-looking wife? Uh-huh. I'm sure they edged him on. <laughs> Let us see her. You done showed us everything else. You done showed us all your riches and all of your kingdom that's under your authority. But what about that good-looking wife of yours? Have her to come in here, king, and have us have her to do us a little dance and shake her thing in front of us. Uh-huh. So then he calls for the queen. Send somebody in to tell her while she's entertaining her own banquet. Come in here with nothing but your crown. Wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Oh, you, you done got out of line, king. Oh, you done got beside yourself, king. Uh, you mean to tell me you want me to take off my clothes and show my naked body in front of you and these drunk, dumb fools? But look at what the scripture says. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Vashti. But the queen, Vashti, she refused to come at the king's commandment by his chamberlains. Oh, therefore the king was very wroth and his anger burned in him. Wait a minute. How dare you, Vashti? Oh, stand up for yourself uh, and speak up for yourself. How dare you, Vashti? Oh, my God, uh, be bold enough uh, to say, no, I refuse uh, to come uh, in any other way than 
being a royal queen. Ooh, how dare you, Vashti? Uh-huh. Because I'm not McDonald's cheap meat, and I'm not no whore, and I'm not no cheap floozy, and I refuse to come before you and belittle myself in front of you and all these other men and everybody in the kingdom because it's about respect. Vashti said, put some respect on it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I know it's going to get a little tough in here today. Uh-huh. Because I applaud you, Vashti. Oh, I give you a hand clap, girl. Oh, because you could have did what he asked, but you paved the way for some other women to come in behind you and demand respect. Yes, the king was ahead. Yes, the man was in authority, but it's called respect. Oh, come on, somebody. The song said R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it mean to me. Uh-huh. Oh, y'all ain't gonna like first lady today. Uh-huh. Uh, because some things is just too much. And he was doing way too much. Oh, come on here. Huh? We don't have to go along with everything, women. Oh, come on, somebody. Yes, we know our position. And yes, we know our place. But abuse is abuse. And he was abusing his power. Oh, come on here. Treating her like she was a little trinket and a little cheap hoe. Come in here and shake it and wiggle it in front of me and the men. And Vashti said, no, I ain't coming. Uh-huh. No, I ain't coming. Uh, see, you know, everybody them bad mouth, theologians and religious folk and everybody else. Oh, the queen, she got despised because she didn't obey the king. She didn't obey her husband. You know, like she was a little dog. Come on. She was the queen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let that soak in. Uh huh. Uh huh. And you treat her as such. That's right. Uh huh. Oh, I love it. I love it, Vashti, because her action. Woo! It was so powerful that it twisted up all the men in the providence. Oh, my God, the king got mad, and all of the men that was in there got mad. Wait a minute. What do you mean, king? She's not coming in here. She's disobeying you. Uh-huh. You see the picture here. Oh, my God. I like Vashti's boldness. Uh-huh. I like that she has some audacity to be bold enough to take a stand. Oh, I'm glad that God is picking up some women that's bold enough, audacious enough to take a stand for what's right. Oh, come on here. It may go against the grain. It may go against the law. But God is looking for some brave women that don't mind standing against the system because the system is crooked the system is perverse the system is evil and God chose a woman to stand up against 
beloved Queen Vashti. And so the men that were in the presence of the king started talking to him, you know, after he asked for counsel because he couldn't make his own decision. He asked everybody's opinion. They were close to him, his advisors. What should I do? So, of course, you got these little mousy men that are in the ear of the king. Say, oh, king, because you let your wife, she didn't obey you, then all these other women in this kingdom, even our wife, they not going to obey us because of Vashti. Oh! So it was all about them huh, and their egos. Huh? They had these inflated egos. Uh-huh. On how women should be in the kingdom. So then they say, well, king, you got to come up with a decree. Oh, you got to come up with a law. Oh, you got to put something in paper. Write it down that all these women, they got to be obedient. Oh, they got to obey their husbands. So here comes the fickle king. He comes up with a decree and it can't be revoked that all the women in the providence had to obey their husbands. Then what should we do with Queen Vashti? So Queen Vashti was sent away from the king back into the harem with the concubines. She could no longer come in to the king. Oh, but the king was messed up. <laughs> he found out that it wasn't that easy because the image of Vashti was still in his mind. The image of that beautiful woman that was his queen. Oh, come on, somebody. He couldn't get rid of it that easy. It was four years that had went by before chapter two. Still thinking about Vashti. Oh, my God. Then we get down. Oh, my God. Because, see, sometimes your freedom come with a cost. Uh, uh, that's why you got to know your worth, women. Uh, you got to know who you are uh, and that you're worthy to be a partaker in the kingdom of God. Uh, oh, come on here. Uh, you're worthy to be a co-laborer in the vineyard. Uh, oh, come on, somebody. You got to know your worth. Amen. And it don't matter whether people opinions about women in ministry, you know, or not. Whether they think you're worthy to handle the gospel, whether they think you're worthy to teach or preach, uh, it's irrelevant. Because God showed all throughout the scriptures how he picked up and used a woman. Uh-huh, yeah. And he used women in leadership positions like Deborah. Uh-huh. He used women to expound and teach and preach his word like all the prophetesses because the prophetess was the mouthpiece of God. Uh-huh. You got to know your worth. Uh-huh. You got to know that you are relevant, that you are important to the kingdom. 
And that if you look at it, the church is compassed with about 75% women. So if you wouldn't import it, then why is there so many of you in the church? Amen. Uh-huh. And you can see from this position that they weren't just women in the kitchen. They were women in position with authority. Amen. Oh, yeah, yeah. You mean to tell me that God picked up women and put them in positions right. where they were authority? Oh, my God. So it was a setup for the next woman that God was going to pick up and use. Oh, my God. There had to be a Vashti to speak up. There had to be a Vashti to defy the system. It had to be a Vashti that would stand up, that would stand say no. There had to be a Vashti to pave the way in order for an Esther to come along. Uh-huh. So hats off to you, Vashti. Uh, I heard the song say it's a man's world. Ain't that what Jane Brown said? It's a man's world. But it wouldn't be nothing without a woman or a girl. Uh-huh. Oh, we know your position, man. But it wouldn't mean nothing without a woman or a girl. So they need you, woman. Uh-huh. If you check out the word in Genesis, uh, Adam was lonely. It get lonely and cold without a woman. You can call yourself being so tough uh, and being so hard if you want to. Uh, and you can be by your lonesome self. Uh, but I saw in the word uh, where God uh, pulled out the rib uh, and made a woman. You're lonely without me. Uh-huh. Uh, Adam wasn't no fool all day. Oh, come on here. The king wasn't no fool all day either. Because the king got lonely at the best. To the point where he had to summon the men to find him another queen. He didn't want to be by his lonesome self. Oh, come on here. So we get in chapter 2 where they round up all the virgins. And here comes Hadassah. Nobody knew uh, who she was. Uh, oh, but God knew who she was. Uh, oh, she was a young girl. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, and she had to get in a beauty contest, so to speak, uh, like a Miss USA and a Miss Universe. Uh, had to compete for the king's attention. Uh, oh, come on, somebody. Uh, and her uncle Mordecai uh, told her not to reveal who she was. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, so not only did 
did she have to keep that a secret? Oh, but she had to go in the harem with all these other young virgins. And she had to get beautied up in order to present herself in front of the king. And it was up to him to decide which one was going to be his queen. Hmm. Wow. Wow. So let's go over to a few verses in chapter 2. I'm going to start at verse 2. Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, Let there be fair young virgins sought for the king. Let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom, that they may gather together all the fair young virgins under Shushan, the palace, to the house of the women, unto the custody of Haggai, the king's chamberlain, keeper of the women. Let their things for purification be given them. So they were given all these lavish gifts and, you know, all these lavish perfume, ointments and oils and, you know, all these things uh, at their disposal so that they can make themselves ready to present themselves to the king. Let the maiden which pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. Now, how come Vashti's name keep on coming up years later? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because uh, it's cheaper to keep her. You thought it was going to be that easy to get rid of and move on to your next boo thing. But I'm here to tell you, it would have been cheaper to keep her. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So now in Shushan the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shemel, the son of Kish, a Benjamite, who had been carried away from Jerusalem with captivity, which had been carried away with Jeconiah, the king of Judah from Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. So they are here not by choice. Uh-huh. They were in a foreign land that served idol gods, and they had to behave themselves appropriately in another country. Huh? They had to learn how to live and abide in a foreign culture. So there was a lot of pressure and a lot of stress that the ones that stayed behind in captivity had to go through. Let's give me a little background here. Then he brought up Hadassah, verse 7, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter. For she had neither father nor mother. The maid was fair and beautiful. Here come another beautiful girl whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. So he raised Esther up himself. So it came to pass when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, when many maidens were gathered together at Shushan the palace to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought also unto the king's house to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women, and the maiden pleased him. Y'all see that? <laughs> she obtained kindness of him. So that tells me that you ain't got to be rude and nasty to women because you in a position of authority. I'll tell you something. 
You can get a whole lot out of folk by just the way you talk. Hmm? Sometimes it ain't what you say, bro. It's how you say it. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can get a whole lot out of me by talking to me sweet and kind. Then you can't talk to me cold and bitter. Oh, come on here. Oh, can I get some witnesses with me? She found favor in the sight. 
share your favor or take you a whole lot of places with God. Favor. Somebody said favor ain't fair. She may not have had the pedigree of the Persian and the Mede and the Babylonian women. Oh, come on here. She may not have had the education. She may not have had the training. But somebody said favor ain't fair. Favor take you some places, girl. Gotta make sure that you got the best, honey. Cause favor ain't fair. <laughs> oh, I feel it here. Woo, my God. Look at how she was treated amongst everybody else. Cause see, it was a beauty contest. There were a whole lot of other versions. But it was something about Esther. God know how to shine his light on you, honey. Oh, you ain't got to do nothing but show up. God just looking for you to show up, honey. He'll shine his light on you and shake heaven's sun on your life to where they have no choice but to see you. Amen. Wow. Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred. For Mordecai had charged her that she should not. Mordecai walked away every day before the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what would become of her. Oh, my God. Then down to verse 15. Now, when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king, she required nothing but that what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, had appointed. And Esther, this is where you need to highlight it. And Esther obtained favor, shout favor, in the sight of all them that looked upon her. Huh? So it was much more than her hips and her lips and her fingertips. She had favor. Huh? Not with just the king, but with everybody. You mean to tell me God can shine on you like that? Well, he make everybody pay attention to Y-O-U. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what favor do. Uh-huh. See, you think it's about what you say. Huh? But it's about who you serve. Sometimes you ain't got to say a word. All you got to do is just show up. Huh? Show up to the meeting. That's all you got to do. Huh? Oh, and show up with a smile. Huh? Show up to the engagement. So all you got to do is just show up. Huh? Oh, God got a way huh? of oh, shining his light on you to everybody take notice of you. Ooh, everybody took notice of it now. I, I, I'm just kind of crazy to believe uh, that the anointing of God. Huh? Woo. 
was on this woman's life because she had a mission. She didn't have no idea what position she was going to be put in. She had no idea the kind of stress that she was going to be up under and everything that she was going to have to carry out. She had no idea. Huh? But God showed her early, girl, I'm with you. Who ain't nothing like God confirming that he with you. You may not have the money. You may not have the degrees on the wall. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, but as long as you know that God is with you, that's all you need to know. That's all you need. That's all you need. And sometimes God will send you a word to let you know that I'm with you. Oh, to stand up and stand strong. Oh, step out on your faith and believe that I'm with you. And wherever you go, I'm with you. Oh, come on, somebody. It's something when you hear from God, when God validated with his presence, when he calls you by your name. Oh, come on here. Do I have some women that's been in a place where you didn't know and you didn't understand, but God came in the room with his presence and he shined the light of his glory down and he called you by your name and he gave you the courage and the strength to take one step at a time and to show up. Just show up. No, y'all didn't bargain for this this morning. But it's time for some women to show up. Uh, I don't know if y'all paid attention, but what's the name of this book? No. The Word. What's the name? Esther. Mm-hmm. It's very possible that God can pick you up and use you. You can make an impact on this generation like nobody's been. Because he etched Esther's name, and guess what? Queen Vashti's name is in history. Amen. Some women that he picked up and used for his purpose because he had a plan. He had a plan in action to bring down a crooked man. God could pick you up, woman. Huh? Use you to stir up a mighty end time revival. It's possible, woman, that He can use you and etch your name in history that had the audacity to stand up for that which is right. Oh, because the book is named after a woman. Mm-hmm. Y'all hear that? Yeah. Listen to the noise in the room. 
done here. Let's see, let's see. Before we get to chapter four, I'm going to read a few verses out of three. So then there was a man named Haman that was promoted. Amen. Haman was second in charge. Haman was one of those that was full of himself. He couldn't handle promotion. We got a lot of folk now that can't handle promotion. They get promoted and get beside themselves. Huh? They get full of themselves and full of pride. As if they are the ones that's doing something. Huh? But Haman had a problem because everybody around him acknowledged him in his promotion. And they bowed down to Haman. You know, and they reverenced Haman. But Mordecai refused. Oh, here we go again. Somebody else that refused to bow down uh -huh, to the sister. Yeah, it was a spirit at work. It was a spirit in the background that was at work. And because Mordecai wouldn't bow down and reverence him, he hated him. And so then comes the hatred of the Jews. Yeah. Here comes this spirit of anti-Semitism. Here comes a spirit of prejudice. I tell you, you got some prejudice in, you better get it out quick. Because I tell you, you ain't going nowhere. You're going to knock the bottom out of hell. It'll be the first one to tell you. Uh, you got hatred in your heart against other cultures and other people when God was the creator of them all. Uh -huh. I, I don't get with this prejudice stuff. You can appreciate your culture, but you ain't got to hate nobody else to appreciate who you are. Amen. And so it says in verse, let's see where I'm going here. We're reading chapter 3. Verse 8, and Haman said unto king Hahasuerus, 
There was a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of that kingdom. He's trying to throw them under the bus. Their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Now see, nobody asks you for all that. Uh-huh. Here he go talking. Therefore, it is not for the king's profit to suffer them. And if it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. Here we go. Folks ain't did nothing to you, but because one man wouldn't bow down and reverence you, now you want to kill them all. Mm. Look at the spirit at work here. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver. Look at this thing. To the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it to the king's treasure. Oh, he really pretty that thing up, didn't he? Uh-huh. And the king took his ring from his hand, gave it to Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the Jew's enemy. Huh. So you see what was going on in the background. Then flip over to Esther 4. Mordecai had heard everything that went down. Mordecai ran his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, went out into the midst of the city. He cried with a loud and bitter cry. Even came before the king's gate, for nobody entered in the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. In every province, whithersoever the king's commandment, his decree came, there was a great mourning among the Jews. And what did they do? They fasted and they wept. Huh? They fasted. They cried out before God. Huh? Honey, when you are facing oppression, come on, you're facing some very tough situation and circumstance. It's time for you to do some desperate things. It's called desperation. This was a time where they faced annihilation. It was a serious issue. Oh, my God. But I love how they responded. They cried out to their God. How are you responding to the situations that are coming your way? Are you crying out to your God? It's time to turn the TV and the radio off and to get by yourself with God and make your voice heard and cry to your Fervent prayer of the righteous, they avail much. Uh, they have weight, and God pays attention to the prayers of the righteous. And the Bible said, when the righteous cry, the Lord hears. The Lord is paying attention. Uh, to the prayers and the cries of his anointed. Woo! My God. Oh, my God. 
before God and made their presence and their petition known unto God. Oh, my God. Then it goes down to where Esther's maids and her chamberlains came, told her what was going on. Then the king, the queen, was exceedingly grieved. She sent raiment to put on Mordecai to take away his sackcloth. But it wasn't time to take away the sackcloth. Uh, this was time to be broken before God. Amen. Uh, there's a time where brokenness is required before the Lord. Uh, because he said, a humble and a contrite spirit, I will not despise. God, 
they told Mordecai what Esther said. Mordecai said an answer. Don't you think because you're the queen and you up here in the king's house that you're going to escape in all of the Jews? Because if you hold your peace at this time, that shall be enlargement and deliverance arise from the Jews from another place. So he let her know if you don't do it, somebody else will. But God is going to deliver. God will bring us out. Oh, come on here. So if you don't step up, God's got a replacement knocking at your door for what you won't do. Somebody else will. Why you got the opportunity to work for God, to labor for God. You better take advantage of the opportunity. Oh, my God, my God. Woo. And then he told her, who's to know whether you are come to the kingdom for such a time as this? He was letting her know, this is your time, girl. This is the season that God is operating in. See, it's important that you move in sync with the Holy Ghost. The seasons that God is operating in. Uh, because God ain't going to knock on your door every season. Oh, my God. Uh, and I'm mighty afraid it's a lot that's done missed a season with God. When God was calling them and dealing with them and he was tugging on them. Oh, uh, they didn't answer the call. Uh, they did things their way uh, instead of following God's lead. Uh, oh, my God. God ain't going to keep on knocking on your door. Oh, you either going to pay attention to God, you either going to answer the call, you either going to do the assignment, or he going to move on to somebody else. Wow. So you see a lot going on here in these scriptures in chapter 4. You see the picture of intercession. You see them crying out to God, not only for themselves, but the behalf of the nation. Oh, wait a minute. You mean to tell me when I'm crying out to God in prayer that I actually should be crying out for all of my people? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's great to pray for the saints. And we should keep the saints lifted up in prayer. Oh, but guess what? You also have another responsibility to cry out for the nation. Oh, yes, you have a responsibility to pray for those in leadership position, those that are in authority. They need the prayers of the saints, too. Uh, they need a spirit of wisdom. They need clarity. They need vision. They need strength. Uh, oh, come on here, a heart of compassion. Uh, the saints should be praying for the nation, oh, that our hearts will turn again to God, uh, that we will serve the true and living God. Oh, my God, that there will be a spirit of repentance oh that will saturate the nation that hearts of men and women boys and girls will turn again to the true and living God you should be praying for your nation this selfish attitude I ain't praying for them folks well guess what nut you live here in America too amen that you may live a peaceable life. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't on no island by yourself. 
You ain't over in Africa. Newsflash, you're here in America. And if you know like I know, you should be praying for the nation as well as the kingdom. It's going to be a shame before God. We stand before God with all this power and all this anointing. And you thought it was just for these little folk that were around you and you couldn't expand your thought and your thinking and your heart towards the nation. Wow. God put you here to make a difference. God put you here so they can see how to serve God. God put you here so you can be a godly influence on the culture. God put you here That's why you put in communities. That's why you put in the midst of people that don't know God. Amen. So that they can read you. They can read your life. And they could see God's word. They could see how to serve God. Don't y'all get the picture had to come up with a plan then yeah. since Mordecai put it to her like that she came up with a plan well, let's hold a banquet not only did she have one banquet she had two banquets <laughs> we gonna serve the king a whole lot of wine cause she heard about how the king like wine with Queen Vashti so she has a banquet yeah. she goes before the king King accepts her, send the scepter to her. What is your petition? So the king had to hear the queen. Jesus. She tells him, well, I've got a banquet. I want you and Haman to come to. Okay, we're going to come and have the banquet. And so Vashti, not Vashti, I'm sorry. Esther had an opportunity to reveal to the king not only her identity, because she said, me and my people. She had an opportunity to tell the king what old crooked, dirty Haman was up to. That your man that you promoted in authority was going to kill off me and my people. What? Whoa, wait a minute. Oh, whoa. King like, well, who, who, who is it? Oh, it's Haman. Well, I like Esther. She was a smooth operator. She did that thing so smooth, y'all. She didn't make no scene. See, you ain't got to make no scene. No, 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 no. But when you have the opportunity to speak, you can speak up loud and clear. 
my God, <laughs> open up the door for a woman to speak, huh, before the king. And they said women can't preach. systems of oppression for so long. And now that women, God has allowed women to step up and now they're making more money or just as much money as men. They have leadership positions in the world now. Oh, come on here. We got women governors. Who would have thought? We would have had women governors. We would have had women sitting on the Senate and the Congress that are signing laws. Who would have ever thought that we would have had women in charge in leadership positions on. on jobs and women uh, that is on police forces and women that are captains and lieutenants and women that are in the armies uh, that are fighting on the front line against right. Nixon to a man. Who would have thought? Just wanted a voice. That's all. Wasn't trying to overtake the man. Nope. Just wanted a voice. Just wanted to be included. That's all. You see? Uh, women, I hope you're getting something out of this lesson here. Uh huh. Because it's very possible that you can be in a position with God that he could raise you up and let you shine just like an Esther. Yes. yes. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Glory that you to can God. make your mark in history. Yes. Just like an just Esther. Like an Esther. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. My God. Y'all need to read the rest of Esther because it's just mind-blowing. It, 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 it's like one of those juicy novels. You know, it gets real juicy. You know, uh, how the king gave her half. Oh. Told you it's cheaper to keep her. But yeah. Uh, gave her half the kingdom. Whoop, my God. <laughs> she had so much favor with the king. He said, You just you just name it. You Come name on. what you want. Come on. Gave her half of the kingdom. Whoa, my God. He said, Well, she said, Well, I want you to hang that Haman. Then she turned around later on in the book and said, I want you to hang his ten sons too. Yeah. And then all that happened. Well, she was a smooth operator. Uh-huh. So Salish, take up the offering. She was a smooth operator. I love it. I love it. 
Yeah, she got down to the crux of the matter. Didn't leave nothing of Haman's family behind. Then it got to the point where the king even allowed the Jews to defend themselves. 